last week we uh, started into Psalms 23. So you can go ahead and turn there to Psalms 23. And of course that's a popular passage talking about the Lord being our shepherd. And, you know, one of the reasons I said I wanted to get into it was because the Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. And if we know the love of God, and if we understand who he is in his nature, then we'll know his love. And we'll know that nothing of anything, no evil thing, he will want to come upon us. And we will stand in his love instead of standing in fear. We'll stand knowing he has all good things for us. And we'll be able to receive that. Because there's some people, they can't receive the healing of God because they don't think that God wants to heal them. But if you know that God wants to heal you, then you you can receive that. It's just like if I would get coming to give you a gift, if you don't really believe that gift is for you, you won't take it from me. Or if you're just, no, 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 I, I, can't, I can't receive that. I'm not worthy enough to receive it. It doesn't matter. If I choose to give you a gift, it's because I'm giving it to you. Not necessarily because of anything you done, but because of my love for you, because I desire to give you something. So if we know the nature of the Father, then we will understand his goodness towards us. So I just want to review just a little bit before we get into uh, the, the part that we didn't get into last week. We went through verses 1 through 3, and we'll cover 4, 5, and 6 tonight. So Psalms 23 the Lord is my shepherd. And we talked about how he puts a mark upon us, right? Yeah. That the shepherd will mark the ear of the sheep, stating that that is my sheep, that my, my mark is upon him, my seal is upon him. Well, God marks us with a Holy Spirit. He puts a deposit on the inside of us, a seal on the inside of us, stating that that one is mine. That is my child. So we have the Holy Spirit. And what's awesome about that is that we can go through life knowing that the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us, speaking to us all the time, leading us, guiding us. He never leaves us or forsakes us. So that is a wonderful thing, knowing that the Lord is my shepherd. And then it says, I shall not want. It means I will not be in lack. I will not be in decrease. I will not be in need. He will always provide for me. He will always give. He will always bring me into a place of abundance. He brings me to lie down in green pastures. Right? Green pastures are great places because there's an abundance of food. We don't have to, we don't have to fear. We don't have to be uh, afraid that God doesn't have enough for us. We don't have to be afraid that, that he's not going to provide or that there's not going to be uh, room enough in his house because there's always enough for us. There's always, he's always bringing us into good places, into green pastures. And it says he made me to lie down. That means that there's a peace. There's no fear. There's a peace. There's a joy. There's a peace in that place. When there's a peace, that means we're not irritated by anything. We're not worried about anything because sheep won't lay down if they're, if they're frustrated. Or sheep won't lay down if they're conflicting with one another. Sheep won't lay down if they're afraid. But God says, I will bring you into good pastures, green pastures, and you won't have to fear. He leads me beside still waters because sheep want still waters, quiet waters. They're afraid of rushing waters. 
because it's loud. And, you know, anything that's loud, sheep don't like. So he'll lead us into quiet waters, but those quiet waters are so important because he takes us to clean water. He takes us to pure water. But sheep, if they're left on their own, many times they'll find a mud puddle. They'll find dirty water. They'll find water that's been polluted. They'll find water that's been tainted. But the thing is, God brings us into pure water. Water that is, is completely pure. And of course, that's a symbol of the, the word of God in our life. The word of God purifies us. It keeps us clean. It keeps us in a place where, where we're getting revelation and understanding. But you have to watch out that you don't drink dirty water. Say, I'm not going to drink dirty water. <laughs> Stay away from those toilets. But there are people that will drink dirty water. They'll drink water that's, that's tainted. They'll drink water just because I'm thirsty. And, and I don't trust the shepherd to go down that hill. This will do right here. And they'll start drinking in something that wasn't meant for them. And they'll drink something that will taint them. That will, will, it, it will end up harming them. And they'll end up with parasites. That's not a good place to be. He restores my soul. And I gave you the verse in Psalms 42, 11. It says, why are you downcast, O my soul? That was David talking. Why disturbed within me? Put your trust in God. And, of course, we talked about how sheep can be cast down, meaning they get, they get into a place where they're laying down and their feet come off the ground and then they can't get back up. And so they end up upside down and they can't get their footing again. And so they're in a bad situation, right? I can't stand up. And they're totally dependent upon the master to come and set them back up again says, why are you downcast on my soul? Well, our shepherd sets us back up on our feet again. And he's the one that, that sets us up, cleans us back off, stabilizes us, and says, no, we're not going to lay down and we're not going to, I'm not going to let any wolves get you. I'm not going to let any enemy get you. I'm not going to let anything come after you. I'm not going to let you die out here in the sun. You're going to get back up and you're going to be okay. And you're going to keep going. I know you, you got stuck there for a little bit. But you're going to be okay. And now I'm going to get you back into the herd, back into the flock, and you're going to get going. He guides me through paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So he leads us into the path of righteousness, into right paths. Amen? Those are paths that we know that we're supposed to be on. We don't want to be on the wrong paths. And the Holy Spirit leads us into right path. Because sheep have a tendency to want to keep going the same routine all the time. Well, this is the path I was on yesterday and the day before and the day before that. I'm going to go back down this road. And God's saying, no, I want you, this, this is how you're supposed to get today. You're supposed to go down this path. And so we've got to be listening to our shepherd. Okay, that's what we went through last week. Hallelujah. All right, let's get into the next part. Verse 4. It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of people that feel like they're walking through the valley of the shadow of death right now. You know, I mean, they're looking and they're saying, this, we're in the valley of the shadow of death. But I'm telling you, let, let me explain this. The valley is actually just a pathway. It's not a place you stop. 
It's not a place that you pitch your tent. He says you will walk through the valley. Walk through. Say, I'm walking through. I'm not camping. And I'm not stopping. God has us walk through the valley. The reason that there's a valley there that they're walking through, one of them is because there's water available there. If they would just look up the mountain and they have to climb that steep mountain, there's no waterways up through there. The shepherd has to take them where there's a waterway and where there's fresh grass. Well, that's only beside the streams. That's only beside the waters. So God takes them along the waterway so that they can get to the water. But along the, along the, the valley, there's cliff sides. Well, guess what happens when there's huge cliff sides? The sunshine only comes in for a certain, a certain amount of the day, like maybe three, four hours at high noon. Well, that causes shadows whenever it's too far to, to the morning or to the evening. And so in, there, in those shadows, it looks scary because there's shadows, there's darkness. Well, guess what the, what, what excuse me, ugh, what the Bible says about darkness. I'll tell you what it says about light, and then you can figure out what it, what it means by darkness. The word says that the entrance of his word gives light, right? So light is what gives us the understanding or the revelation of something. Shadows are an example of an untruth. Shadows are an example of a lie. And if we don't know the truth of something, we'll believe the lie. And if we understand that we're looking at something and we see a shadow, we'll make up a lot of things like, oh, I think it's this. I think it's that. I think that there's a, a shadow of something outside my bedroom window and it looks like a man or it looks like somebody's out there because we don't have all the light. Now, if we looked out in the middle of the day with all the light, we would, oh, that's just a tree. That's just a limb. But if there's light, the entrance of his word gives light. It gives revelation. Well, that darkness, there can also be beasts. There can be an enemy that hides in the darkness because that's where the enemy wants to hide, is in the darkness. Evil things happen in dark places, do they not? So lack of light means that there's a deep darkness, a dark place, but it doesn't mean that you have to uh, be exposed to that. It doesn't mean that you have to uh, be over there in the darkness. That darkness is there, but if you stay close to the shepherd, then he's going to keep you safe. And I'm going to explain how he does that here in a minute. But if you keep going, and if you if you realize, like, I'm not to go over there by myself, I'm not to go uh, tackle that thing, I'm not to go peeking over there, well, what's over there in darkness? Just, just you know, keep that, that thing stays over there. You focus on the shepherd. You focus on where he's going. You focus on what he's giving you at that moment. If it's this, if it's this, if it's this revelation or this green grass or this water, you focus on that. Don't get distracted by the scary things that are going on around. Just because there may be things going on or happening doesn't mean that that's your portion. There's always going to be evil in the world, but it doesn't mean it's your inheritance. Amen. Amen. That's only, uh, they, they will stay in the shadows, but you keep going. And then it says, I will fear no evil. So even though they're going through that passageway, they have to go through that passageway to get to the top. And I'm going to explain to you what's at the top here in a minute. But as they're going through there, 
It says, I will fear no evil. That is a choice. So he's saying, I, he's determining, I will fear no evil. I am choosing not to allow fear to come into my mind. I am choosing to kick that out. I'm choosing to take captive anything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, against the wisdom of God, against who God is. 2 Corinthians 10.5. Let's turn there real quick. Never leaves us. Did you know a shepherd never leaves his sheep? 
He doesn't even, he does not leave his sheep out there for three days and then come back and say, oh, how are you guys doing? You guys been okay? Just coming up to check. He stays with them. Biblical shepherds would, in those days would stay with them all the time. They would sleep with them. They would stay out there through the day. They didn't take a break. If they had to go somewhere like David, when he had to go take food to his brothers, whenever they were going to war, he, had, he got someone else to watch the sheep. Someone was with them all the time. That means God never leaves us. He never leaves us. In fact, his word says he never leaves you nor forsakes you. He's always with us. And then it says, his rod and his staff, they comfort me. Well, what is that rod and that staff? That rod is actually, uh, it's a symbol of his might, of his strength, and his authority. His might, his strength, and his authority. The rod, he would actually carve out himself. He would get it from a tree. And then, you know how a tree comes down and then at the bottom at the base, it, it gets broader and even rounded where, where the roots begin to grow? Well, he would, he would uh, take a tree like that, a young tree, and then uh, cut the roots off, obviously, and, and round it to, the, to fit him. To the length he wanted it, to the weight he wanted it, but the thing is, he would throw this thing. He would learn and practice how to throw this thing. He would practice and practice and practice. I mean, constantly, he would practice. So he could throw that thing with accuracy. So he would throw this thing, and he would be able to hit an animal with it. He would also be able to throw it so that it would just go right on the other side of the sheep and, and fall down on the, on the other side of the sheep when the sheep started straying. So the sheep would get scared and stop and come back towards the flock. So this rod was a, it was a way of defending the sheep. It was a way of, of killing the beast. It protected them. So that's why it gave them comfort. Because this was a rod that he would actually beat the beast. He would, he would throw that thing. And what's interesting, let me see where we're down. In Hebrews 5.13, it says that anyone on milk, unskilled in righteousness, but those, sorry, let me let me look this up real quick because I only wrote down part of the verse. And I apologize, I don't have it all memorized. Hebrews 5.13 For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full of age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So what it's talking about is by exercise. What are they exercising? The word. When we exercise the word, it says if you're only drinking milk, meaning, of course, that's normal. When you first become a Christian, you, you can only handle so much. You know, you, you drink in the, the, the basic levels, the, basics of, the basic understanding. You're not ready for the meat yet. You'll choke on the meat. But as you grow, you've got to begin to grow into better things by exercising the word. Exercising the word. Because it says if you don't, you're unskilled with the word. And therefore, you don't grow into maturity. Well, the shepherd would throw this with, with just constantly exercising it. 
Well, what is this rod? It's, it's actually a representation of the word. Because remember, Jesus was referred to as the rod of Jesse. And Jesus is the word. This rod is actually a representation of the word. And he would throw this at the enemy. And it would knock the enemy out. He would throw this and even to, to, to discipline the sheep. If the sheep start to wonder, guess what? He throws it, and it lands right on the other side of the sheep. He doesn't beat the sheep with the word. What does he do? He warns the sheep with the word. If you ever get out of line with something, what happens? The word of God comes up in your spirit. If you have the word in you, right? And it puts you back on track. It reminds you of what you're supposed to do. And sometimes that word comes through a pastor when they're preaching, and, and then people, if they don't receive it, they get offended. When in actuality, that word is, what it's doing is it's disciplining you, and the pastor may not have, have known anything about your situation at all. Not one iota about it. But the word went out, and what it did is it landed real close to you, <laughs> and it's trying to steer you back into the book, back into where you're supposed to be with the word of God. It's God using his word to direct you, to guide you, to show you something. But if we don't understand that, then we'll get offended, and we'll get upset, and we'll get mad, and, and we'll get mad at the person that the word came out of. But God's not going to come down every time you go, now I told you, you know, the word of God says da 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 But it will come through people. The word of God will come through people. That's why we have to make sure we stay humble. That we don't get upset when the word of God corrects us. So that rod, it, it not only protects us from the beast, but it also disciplines us and puts us into a place. Now, this is what's interesting. He would he would throw it and it would beat the beast. It would hit the beast and knock the beast out. But he would he would never throw it at the sheep. He threw it beyond the sheep. Now, isn't that awesome? There's a difference. He doesn't beat his own children with it. He throws it out there and says, "Okay, it's up to you." You know, I just threw it out there and I'm showing you the boundary. I hope you listen to it. But he doesn't beat his children. He doesn't beat them with the rod. But he'll beat the enemy and it destroys the enemy. Hallelujah. So the rod also, one more thing that the rod does, it inspects the condition of the sheep. The, the shepherd would take the rod and run it along the sheep's wool. And if you remember last week when I talked about the wool, I said the wool was a representation of the world. And, and because they would get debris in their wool, they get sticks and thorns and, and all of this stuff in their wool, manure and dirt. And even underneath the wool, they can have cuts and scratches and bruises and wounds. And what he'll do with this rod is he'll inspect the sheep. And he'll look and see if there's anything in there, even parasites, bugs, anything in there that might be biting, anything that's causing an irritation. And he'll inspect it and try to pull it out. Now, what if the sheep gets upset? What if, what if this rod goes across the wool and, oh, hits a burr, and the burr digs into the skin of the sheep? What's going to happen? Yeah, it's going to react, right? Ouch, that hurt. Now, the sheep has a, has a choice of trusting in the shepherd to let the shepherd get that burr out, or it can try to run. 
And see, that's the thing. When God's dealing with us on stuff, it can get sensitive because these are all the hidden issues. They don't always show up on the outside. These are the hidden things under the wool. But he'll use his rod, the word, to divide the wool because that's what the word does, doesn't it? Not? It divides between soul and spirit. And so it divides so that we understand the difference between what, what is in our spirit, what's going on in our spirit, and what's going on in our mind. Because our mind will, will analyze, well, this is okay for me to do because, you know, I've done this and so-and-so, they're doing this. And why is it God getting on to them? And why is God being so hard on me? Or why am I having to deal with this discipline? So God will analyze or he'll use the word to, to divide between soul and spirit. So we have to be willing to allow the word to find the hidden issues in our life. So that's one of the that's another thing of what the rod does. But that rod is should be a comfort to us. Not a threat, a comfort. So we've got to welcome that. As bad as it may hurt sometimes, we've got to welcome it. Now what about the staff? The rod and the staff, they comfort me. What does the staff do? Well, the staff is actually a representation of the Holy Spirit. Because the staff, is, it comforts, and it leads, and it guides. So it's a, it's a representation of the Holy Spirit. One of the things that he does with the, with the staff is, I think I mentioned it last week, he, he would take a babies that have been separated from their mother when, when they're young. And there's, you know, a lot of sheep, so it's very easy for the babies to get separated. And he'll, he'll get the baby, hook it, and put it right back to its mother so it can be nourished again. Those, those newborn babes, those newborn ewes that, that are uh, born, he, he doesn't want those lambs to, to get out there and wander around and be prey. Now get back here. you gotta, you got to get nourished. you got to get fed. you got to make sure that you stay in that place. Now, that's interesting, though, too, because it talks about discipleship. So he makes sure that he's bringing that babe back into place to get nourished. It's also, it, he will use his staff also for examination. So not only the rod, but the, the staff, the Holy Spirit will examine us. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit will sift through us at times. Sometimes it's not necessarily the word of discipling us, but we just feel like this thing in our in our inner being that's just like, uh, you're not handling this right. You're 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 not doing this correctly. You need to be this, you need to be more kind, you need to be loving, you need to be this, you need to be gentle, whatever it is. You don't need to be going there. You don't need to be uh, associating with that person, whatever it is. But it's the Holy Spirit. It, it may not necessarily be a verse that you're, that's coming to your mind, but you can feel the pull of the Holy Spirit. So that staff will inspect you as well. And then the other thing that the staff does is it will guide you because he'll, if he's out guiding the sheep, he'll, he'll pull, put the sheep on the right path by just nudging them a little bit with his staff. Just a little bit of a nudge. You know, he's not smacking them. He's not, get back, get back. He's not being mean. He's just gently pushing him in the right direction. And, of course, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He guides us by gentle nudges of the Holy Spirit. And then the last thing is with the staff is so often if they're out grazing and he's just standing there, he'll take the staff and he'll just put it right up against the sheep just to let the sheep know that they belong to him. It's just a comfort. Like you belong. 
You're here with me. I'm right here with you. You don't have to be afraid. I'm here. You know, and it reminds me of our dog, Nahe. She, she's constantly, like all during our school day, she's like from one person to another. She just wants to sit right there. And, and if you're not like touching her, then, then she's just like, she wiggles around until you touch her again. Or she'll go to somebody else, come over here. And then she'll just wiggle around until, you know, if your hand is on her, she'll be okay and she'll settle. But it's like she just wants to know, I belong. You know, you, you guys notice me, I'm here. Like, comfort me. Give me some attention. But that's what the Holy Spirit does. He, he comforts us. Just, just lets us know you belong. You're in the right place. This is where you belong. Now let's go to the next part. Verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Well, do you remember how they had to go through the valley of the shadow of death? Well, the reason they went that way is because they had to go that way to get to the table. And the table is actually what they would call the tablelands. Or the, if you've ever heard of the word mesa, which is uh, a Spanish word, right? Mesa? Is it French too? No? Okay. I think, yeah, just like Portugal. The, mesa is like the, a table. It means table. But the tablelands were up higher. And so to get to that place, they had to go through the valley and through, you know, up these trails and up these paths to get to the table. Now the thing is, the shepherd's already been there at least once, if not two or three times, before the sheep. And the reason he goes there is he's got to clean the waterways out again because this whole passage is re in reference to a whole year. So in the spring, they start setting out again through the valleys. And then by the time they get to the, the heights, it's the summertime. And they spend the summertime up in this table land. Now, the shepherd's already been up there. And he's already been uh, uh, prying up poisonous plants, making sure there's no poisonous plants up there, making sure the water the waterways are cleared out, making sure there's nothing that's going to harm the sheep. And so he, he's cleaning the place up. He's preparing the table lands for the sheep so it's safe when they get up there. So God knows what's ahead of us. God's already seen what's ahead of us. He's not taken by surprise. And even ahead of time, he will, he will pry up the poisonous stuff. He doesn't want us just grazing on something that's going to cause a problem in our life. Now, if we go off into an area that we're not supposed to, well, then obviously it's going to cause a problem. But if we'll stay where he's told us to stay, he's taking care of that land. He's, he's prepared the table lands for us. And it says, in the presence of my enemies. Because there's no enemies that live there. There's still cougars. There's still uh, wild animals and beasts up there. But as long as we stay within the presence of our shepherd, then he takes care of us. Because his rod and his staff, they comfort me. And they're not, he's not going to let me get into any trouble. It's only the ones that get into trouble are the ones that wander. And that's why it's always a concern for, for us as, as shepherds over a flock when people take off and they're by themselves. Because we know that they're putting themselves in a position where they're, they're uh, by themselves and it's very easy to get picked off that way. People will be better whenever they're in a flock. And I honestly believe that even through this time, that's one of the things we've got to be aware of. 
Because I think that this has also been a tactic of the enemy to separate the flock all across the world, all across this nation. Separating the flock. So that's why it's so important for us to pray so heavily right now for our governors, for our states, that there will be a, an exception for churches because we need to make sure that we are meeting, that we are encouraging one another, that people are staying together. You know, we were talking to another pastor, and I said the same thing last week. I said, you know, for some Christians that, you know, they just, you know, two months ago they were on drugs. Two months ago they were, they were a mess. They get saved, and they've been coming to church, and then all of a sudden this. How, how are they going to stand? How are they going to make it for months on their own without coming into the family of God and being encouraged every day and being in a place where they can get the spiritual word and the presence of God and the anointing of God? So it's important that we meet. God didn't ever design us not to meet together. And I will say this because you hear a lot of this now. Well, we're the church. We are the church. The church is in a building. I am very aware of that. The Bible does say that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We understand that the building itself, is, we could go meet somewhere else, and we are the church. We're the bride of Christ. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But that did not mean that we were not supposed to meet together. People don't understand that there is a complete difference between meeting online and meeting together in person completely different. When you're online, you're still away from everybody. You're still very secluded. You're still in the confines of your own home, being able to do whatever, and nobody can see you. You're not accountable to anybody. It is a safety thing. So he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And then the next part says, you anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. He anoints my head with oil. What does that mean? Well, one of the things during the summertime, what comes out in the summertime? The bugs, yes, the mosquitoes, the flies, all of the ticks and everything. These things love to be around animals. And so they'll fly around the heads of the sheep. And what they like to do is get in their noses and lay eggs. And they'll lay their eggs there, and if the, the larvae hatches, then, the, then it crawls up inside the, the nostril into their head, and it, it creates an infection. Now, if the, if the sheep, if this happens to the sheep, and it crawls up and there's an infection, then it, it's like they can feel that. Like, how, how many have ever had an a, um, itch inside your ear? And it's like inside and you can't get to it. And it's like a noise and it's like you can't really focus until you get that, you know, you're trying to get that itch. Well, it's kind of, only it's worse for a sheep. There's an infection on the inside of their head. And they, they feel that and it drives them mad. They will actually go around banging their head off of posts, rocks, the, the soil, trying to relieve themselves of this this whether it's pain or itch or whatever, the irritation of this. And so they, what the shepherd will do is he'll anoint his sheep with an ointment that he makes. And he'll rub it down on his face and on his nose and his ears to make sure that that ointment keeps the flies away because they don't want to land on it. So he anoints them with the ointment. And what's interesting about that is if we aren't anointed, 
with the anointing of God on a regular basis because the thing is, the shepherd can't do this just one time a summer. The sheep have to be anointed over and over and over. What happens when we don't get anointed? We get edgy. We get aggravated. We get irritable. We get, uh, you know, we're, well, I, I don't care what she said. I'm just going to give her piece of my mind. We, we get sassy. So we have to be in the anointing. If not, we'll lose all the fruits of the Spirit. The joy, kindness, gentleness, self-control, all of those things start to diminish if we're not in the anointing. And then the other thing that it does is he'll put that on their head also because they can get parasites, which are like scabs. They call them scabs on, the, on their head, on the outside. And the thing is, what they'll do is they'll go rub heads with another sheep, and then they'll get scabs. And it's a parasite that's, that's transferable that way. Now think about that. What's that mean? Sometimes when a sheep has been infected and they have wrong thoughts and then they go rub up against another sheep with their head and they put their bad seed over here in this sheep's head, then this sheep now has some bad seed in their head. They're taking on the same offenses and the same problems that this sheep has. And now we've got two sheep or more sheep that are dealing with parasites. Dealing with issues. And then all of a sudden what happens? You get church splits. Or you get disgruntled people that won't ever leave. They just stay mad. <laughs> but the other thing I forgot to mention too. Uh, if they, if with the infection in, inside the head, that can also, also cause blindness. Which is, you know, we associate that with like a spiritual blindness. You know? And they'll, they'll run around the field just being very crazy because like they they want to just try to get away from the bus and they're trying to relieve themselves of all this this annoyance but what they're doing is they're causing a total disruption with the whole herd if you remember last week sheep don't like it when one of them go crazy they all start to get like what's going on i don't understand and they all start running around and, they, and it's like none of them can relax and they all get all tense and they're all just like I don't get it. What's going on? We're, we're, he, he's upset. What's he upset about? And they can't relax. So God has the anointing to break that stuff off. He has the anointing. It's so important to be around the anointing. And I, as I was thinking about this, you know, with the flies, you know, the Bible refers to, if you remember in the New Testament, Beelzebub, which means the Lord of the flies. That's referring to Satan. And I thought, you know, it's the same thing. Like uh, the flies, they want to they wanna lay eggs inside the head, inside the nose, and then it crawls up in the head of these sheep. So it's very, you know, to get rid of anything that the enemy's trying to plant in our heads, we have to be in the anointing. We have to desire his anointing. And then the last thing with the anointing, when, when the shepherd rubs that on the sheep, and it's on their head. A lot of times, remember how I said sometimes you get these these rams that are like at it with each other. They want to be, you know, they're aggressive and they want to uh, headbutt each other to show like who's the big sheep. Well, these rams, they'll they'll do that. They'll headbutt each other. And so, what's what's funny is if they're oiled up real good, then then they don't make as good a con contact. And they'll like headbutt, but then they'll slide off, and then they just kind of stay in there like. 
what happened. And they like almost like this stupid look on their face because they did they they they, they can't stay and and wrestle it out now. So now they, they, it's just like they slid off. And I thought, you know, when under the anointing, that's what happens. When we get saved and then and then we try our old tactics in the anointing, and we've been to church and we've been under the anointing, and now all of a sudden, well, that felt really stupid. I shouldn't have said that. I know that's what I normally would have done, but now that I did it, I'm not so proud of it. But that's what God's presence does to us. It makes us feel like our old ways are really stupid. You know, and we everything that we thought it was when we were not Christians and we're all proud of it and we're like, Yeah, I told them, yeah, I did this. You know, every reaction that we used to do, well now we're not so proud of it. Now we're like, Man, that was really that was dumb. <laughs> and then we're like, we have to go back and apologize. I'm sorry I did that. I'm sorry I, I I was prideful. You know, I'm sorry I was mouthy, I'm sorry I was this or that. So the the anointing is a good thing. It takes care of a lot of our problems, a lot of our issues, and puts us back into place. And so then it says, my cup runs over, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. You know, this, like I said, this whole thing it takes a year. It's like the shepherd is going through a, the cycle of a year here. And so now it's the end of summer. They're getting ready to come down from the tablelands. They're getting ready to come down from the mountain. Go, going back home, it's, com it's coming into fall, winter, and they're going to go spend winter back home. And it's like, yeah, we, we are content. We are happy to be with our shepherd. We're happy to be in the flock. I am content. Goodness and mercy is here with me. When I stay in the fold, when I stay here with my shepherd and close to my master, I don't have to fear. I've realized I don't have to be rebellious. I don't have to go look for my own food. I don't have to go look for, for things myself. He provides those things for me if I will stay peaceful, if I will uh, not panic, if I will stay in the place that he's called me to and I don't run around trying to figure it out all by myself and, and end up finding myself off to the side and in complete danger because I, I went and did my own thing. So it's talking about contentment, the comfort of being peaceful, content in the home of the shepherd, not straying away from him, no desire to want to wander from him. That you know that you're happy in the house of the shepherd, in his house forever. Amen? So we have a good shepherd. And you know, the Bible talks about how we're to hear the voice of the shepherd, that, that we're not to answer another voice. We're not to follow another voice. So we have to be uh, uh, very aware of who our shepherd is, the voice of our shepherd. That we're not to answer, because the, the world gets loud, you know? I mean, there's a lot of screaming right now. There's a lot of things going on right now that's screaming. There's a lot of uh, names being called out. Fear and, and panic and what if and lack. All of these things that, that sound like the valley of the shadow of death. But he says, just listen to my voice. Don't panic. Don't fear. Stay close to me, and I'm going to provide. I'm going to make sure you're taken care of. 
Don't run off trying to do uh, crazy stuff. Don't run away trying to, to find uh, you know, a different way or do it the world's way because he'll take care of you. Amen?